Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Game, the podcast. Today, it is my honor and most definitely my pleasure to introduce one of my favorite people in this world, my brother, Orion Edwards. OE, my guy, how are you doing? Oh, man, bro, I am blessed. I'm so blessed and honored, to say the very least, to be able to do this podcast here with you. Um, As I mentioned to you, man, like, I started listening in probably, what, beginning of January? Yeah, yeah. And, yo, I got hooked. I got (laughs) hooked. Yo, I got to tell you guys, I'm hooked on Beyond the Game podcast. It's been so inspiring. And, like, when I've been hearing, um, you know, some of the guests that Shaka had in and some of the stuff he's been saying, I was like, man... If I have an opportunity, I'd love to be on your show, man. Yeah, and honestly, like, I, I, I'm so excited for today just because, like, I, I know the journey that you've been on because we've been through it together, and mm-hmm. I know your story is going to hit so many people and inspire so many others, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, so just to give a little background for the listeners uh, of, of you and I, actually. So, so we met at National Training Camp with yep. Athletes in Action yep. in 2013. Yep. Was it 13 or was it 14? It was, uh, I think it was, uh, May 2014. Yeah, May 2014. Okay, May 2014, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Okay, so just to give you a little more background, Athletes in Action is an organization that helps athletes integrate their faith into their yep. sport. Uh, it helps kind of debunk the whole athlete identity that uh, you are what you play and that your your faith and your entire being is an identity is, is in who Christ says you are. And National Training Camp is a week where athletes come together and you have we have in-class, quote-unquote, in-class sessions where we're taught this and then on-field sessions where we put what we're taught into action. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. You meet people from all over the country and you come out and you really just dig deeper into your identity in Christ and, and that's what it is. Yep. And man, I I remember that NTC vividly. Yep. It was uh, it was actually around the time that I realized I wasn't going back to University of Toronto. Mm-hmm. That was a very tough time, but I don't I didn't really tell a lot of people that. But I remember walking in, I saw you, and I saw a bunch of other you know other people that you know could have been a football player. So I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna just screw myself over to you guys a little bit more because <laughs> like that's that's where I was most comfortable. Yeah, you know do. what I mean? That's where we um, And so yeah, so did that and. I remember, what was it? That wasn't the year we started growing our dreadlocks. We started growing our hair hair the year after. Yeah. Oh, we were growing our hair already. We we both had like little mini fros going on. (laughs) And then we talked about it. We we did, we did. We're like, yo, we have to go through this together. And honestly, the the afro thing wasn't a good look for me. I'll tell you that straight up. My hairline (laughs) way back here is not a good look. But I mean, like, we, so, so, obviously at this point, I cut my hair, mm-hmm. but you are still growing yours, and they look fantastic, man. Oh, they're thank you. beautiful. Thank you. Um, but it was definitely good to go through that with someone else. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, Little worm head stages and oh, everything. Oh, God, <laughs> man. I got all the nicknames, bro. <laughs> Cheeto head. Oh, my God. Yo, someone, someone called me. You know that that character that has like all the, the needles sticking out of his head? Oh, I, I don't, no, I know, I, I know. <laughs> I don't know where it's from, but someone called me that. I was like, cool, cool, all right, no problem. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, stage. You know, it's a stage, but you go oh, through it, you know? Only Jetties know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ugly stage. The ugly stage. But learn to embrace it, you know? Learn yep. to embrace yep. it. Then the following year, we actually were chosen as interns for NTC, yeah. which was an experience in itself. So 
there was a week of prep before NTC that interns had to get all together. And you, myself, Sing Chen from Queens, and then Darren Wan from Waterloo, we yep. really bonded together. We found we found a bond in faith, in food, and laughter. Man, it was huge. Even though we all played different sports, we could all kind of come together, surround those things, and we really stayed in touch and been brothers ever since yeah you know what i mean actually recently you were right next to me as one of my groomsmen for my wedding yeah and in about you know what? three or four days we're gonna say, <laughs> we're gonna say to darren as one of his groomsmen and, darren you know, and aaron let's go <laughs> <laughs> and you know what needless to say our friendship has far surpassed football yeah definitely man yeah like okay. like he meant to that bro like um well even just that friend group we meet up like I remember we were all away for your school, like uh, Singh being at Queens, Darren being being at, uh, at Waterloo, you being at U of T and George Brown, and like, me being at Guelph. We still would meet up like almost like quarterly, yeah, exactly, and like break bread together, exactly. Like we we just meet up and be like, you know, we, whether it's like you know get sushi. Um, we loved our Asian spots. We got like hot pot, like oh, <laughs> we loved it, cream beef. <laughs> exactly, we loved our Asian spots. Oh, like, so good. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. But yeah, so bro, without further ado, let's inspire. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I love to, man. All right. So, you played football at at University of Guelph as a DB, as a defensive back, and if you did not see this man play, he was a dog. You played so well. How was playing at Guelph? Can you kind of talk about that, your experiences, yeah. the culture surrounding that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Well, appreciate the kind words, bro. That means a lot. Um, shoot, I'd say Guelph was one of my formative years. Going into uh, I I was at Guelph from um September, sorry, August twenty thirteen, until about December twenty seventeen, mm -hmm. and uh, I went into Guelph like a brand new Christian. I mean, like six months old as a Christian, and like a new man. And like as I said, it was my formative years. I went from like this eighteen year old boy. You know, to this twenty-three-year-old man. You know, and I'm still growing. You know, I think like I gotta thank the coaches and like all my mentors that I uh, met out there at Guelph for that. But football-wise, you know, football at Guelph, like I loved it. I I absolutely loved it. I loved how organized and how intense university football was. Even though it's in Canada, it's, it's still very intense, and and people are very committed to it. Yeah. I just like I loved our our team culture. Our team culture. Everyone was, was friends, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you were closer to some people than other people, but, like, there wasn't, like, divides in these locker rooms. Yeah. I'd hear from, like, other teams that they would have, like, you know, DBs don't talk to wide receivers or wow. linemen don't talk to D linemen. Yeah. I'm like, yo, y'all are weird. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I, I, ch I chat up with, like, D linemen. We just kick it in the locker room and stuff, and, like, we joke around and everything. And, like, I think, like... That's so important. It's, it's huge. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing that's preached at Guelph is that locker rooms win championships. Yeah. If I know that I can look across at you and be like, I know that you're going to put your neck out for me, I want to do the exact same thing. Exactly. I know that, like, one thing I learned there is accountability. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to know your playbook. You got to know your plays. You got to know what you're doing on the field. Otherwise, you're letting, like, football's an ultimate team sport. Yeah. If, like, one yeah. person doesn't do their job, the whole play could get messed up. Oh, whether absolutely. offense, defense, or special teams. Exactly. So, like, having that, like, like God really used Guelph to form me. And the last thing I kind of want to say about, like, that culture is, uh, a culture is all driven by... Coach Stu Lang, legendary. I want to say legendary from from here. Legendary Coach Stu Lang. You want to talk about movers and shakers? Talk about people of catalysts and able to turn around programs. Like Coach Lang was one of those people. Yeah. Um. You know he's uh 
very humble guy. One of the most humble people I've ever met. And, you know, there's 110 guys on the team and he knew everybody's name. That's huge. And he That's had, so huge. Even, it's, you know, like, having someone just know your name, it's just like, it means a lot. I know exactly. you're like, it's your coach, he should, but like, no, it's, it's like deeper than that. Yeah. And like, um, I know that he's always busy, always like had something on the go, always doing something. But if you came in and said, yo, coach, like, I'm going, I'm struggling right now with a school, relationships, with his family, he's like, okay, I want to drop what I have right now, and I want to sit down and talk to you, whether it's for five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, we want to figure this out. Yeah. And like, um, man, that's a, like, having that person, like, a person like Coach Lang, as, like, someone to lead your team with that, like, how do you, how do you not be great? Yeah. Like, he, he was competitive and wanted to drive, like, pull the greatness out of us. Exactly. Know? Yeah. So that's people you need. Honestly, it's that that goes such such a long way, especially having having that person that having that coach, especially on a team that's so big, like he's a hundred and ten people on a team. Yeah. To have that person that knows your name, yeah, and much rather than you just being a number, that's huge. That's huge. And at, for for me, that was Coach Greg Gary. You know, yeah. back at, at UFT, that was that was him. Like he was definitely that person that took time out of his day to 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 make sure that you were treated well as a person. That you were first. Yep. You, you were person first. first. Person first. Hundred yep. percent. I remember there was times I went to him. I was like, Hey, Coach, can we chat? He was spending an hour out of his day. I don't know what he was doing, but he like, yeah, yeah shocker, let's go yeah. chat. So we chat for an hour, and then I'm feeling good after, and then he's staying an extra hour late at yeah. work because he chatted with me. Because he, he cares, He man. cares, exactly. And, and that's... how do you not put your, like, your neck out for someone like exactly. that? They care for you, They man. care for you. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. I, I mean, obviously, as a person who didn't go to Guelph, I, all I saw was the hype outside of Guelph. I saw... <laughs> the all, Instagram posts. Bro, the, the Instagram Facebook. posts. You're, oh my gosh, all your, <laughs> your different swag. jerseys, the helmets. <laughs> I'm sitting at UFT, I'm like, yo... <laughs> Yo, we're out here rocking this brand. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, I want to rock Guelph stuff. Like, you guys were yes. hype, yeah. and then like, all, then almost like every game that you guys would put out your pregame, your pregame chant, Law of the Jungle, yeah. and it's legendary. Like, it gets me hype all the time. Like, I'm, I'm seeing that you feel like in my head, like this is the Law of the Jungle. I'm like, ah, no, no, walk school, walk school. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, man. But it was so good, man. It was so good. Yeah. But, okay, so I know that playing Guelph wasn't all cookies and cream. Yeah. You know, it wasn't all easy. Can, can, uh, I, can I talk about the champ first for a second? Yeah. I, I, have, a, I have a story with okay, the champ. Okay. Oh, man. So, my freshman year, 2013, you know, will be the first game. You know, you have the jitters, everything. It's like five minutes before you do the chant. And uh, one of our, our fullbacks and long snappers, uh, D-Mac, he comes up to me. And he's like, yo, G. Like, that's my nickname, G-Baby. He's like, yo, G-Baby. I'm like, what's up? He's like... Man, um, he gave him a little headbutt after the chant. I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, a little, you know, a little headbutt. <laughs> you know exactly where he's going. So, you know, you know, the, we do the lot of the jungle. All right, hey, can't take your grip. Sorry, you get all hype and everything. And I turn to D-Mac, well, let's go. And so D-Mac gives me a little, like, he winds. I swear, this guy takes his neck all the way back. <laughs> Bam! And I'm just like, and like, I was probably a buck 65. He's probably at least like 240. And he hit my head so, yo, I've never been concussed, <laughs> but like, like I, I, I was definitely dizzy for a second. I'll say, man, it's almost end of your career yeah, then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and me being the dumb kid I was, I do it the next game. Oh, So God. third game comes, I'm like, yo, D-Mac, like, man, like, yo, like, I love you, bro, but like, I'm not your headbutt guy anymore. <laughs> Like, my brain cells couldn't take it. Yo. So, like, <laughs> that's my little funny story with the, 
lot of the no, jungle, no. bro. Football players are different. Yeah, that's true. Football players are different. Like, why? Like, why? why? <laughs> For what reason? Now you're dizzy. Like, it could have been a chest bump. It could have been a punch. <laughs> but, like, but a headbutt, bro? This man oh, whining my back. God. Oh, I'm dead. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, gosh. Sorry, sorry. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Like, no? No, that, that kills me. That kills me for real. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. Like I was saying, <laughs> so playing so playing at Guelph wasn't all cookies and cream. Yeah. I know you suffered a pretty serious injury. Yeah. Can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah. It's, um. Well, it's definitely, like, serious, like, sports-wise. Like, I didn't, like, break my neck or anything like that. Like, that's not serious. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, I, I tore my ACL in uh, May 2016. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a really unique situation what happened. Um, I was selected for, uh, in your third year or your junior year, you get you get selected for this uh, this all-star game called the East-West Bowl. And that's uh, the, for the people that they believe are going to be in the combine or in the draft next year. And they want to have them, like, highlight and showcase their skills. And what happened, like, the first day I was there, we did the combine. Like, I tested pretty well. They had a little combine, sir. I tested pretty well, and we did our, our one-on-one practices. So I was covering a receiver, and uh, he got away from me, like a step away from me, and I kind of dove out trying to swat the ball away, and um, I missed. But I think as I landed or as I got up or something, uh, my knee like buckled, and I went mm. back down. Mm. And like, I tried to put pressure on it, and like it just like it hurt. So the one thing that's really weird about my ACL um, people either say, like, it's the worst pain you ever felt, or you don't even notice it. Yeah. And, like, I noticed it, but I felt like I hit my funny bone, but mm-hmm. on my knee. Mm-hmm. So, that really nervy feeling. So, um... The ones. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, that was in Montreal, so I, I tore that, but I didn't know it was torn. I was told it was just, a like, a quad strain for, like, a week straight, so... <laughs> Me being me, I'm walking up and down the hill Ooh. in Montreal, like my knees swelling up and everything. Like I still a good week and get still got to watch the game and everything, but I didn't get to participate. Um, so it wasn't until actually I got back home, um, I saw the our athletic therapist at Guelph, um, and T was like checking my knee. She's like, "Hey, like um, you probably tore your, menis- your meniscus, but like most likely ACL." I was like, "Yo, T, don't play with me. That's not funny." I was like, "Stop. That's not funny." And she's like, no, like, I'm serious. Like, I think you tore your ACL. And I remember, like, um, that day, I just felt like, I felt, like, numb when I heard that. Mm. I didn't cry. I didn't, like, anything like that. I was just, like, I was processing it. I was just, like, man, like, ACL, that's at least, like, eight months. And, like, you know, this is supposed to be, like, my, my draft year. This yeah. is supposed to be, like, a year like really show who I am as a DB. And I remember, like, I went, I, that's probably one of the worst, one of the worst days, like, I faced in a long time. I went, I went home. Uh, called the girl I was dating. We ended up going through a breakup like almost that day. Uh, I was having financial problems with, with school as well. And then, you know, ACL. And uh, I remember, uh, this is real personal here. Really real personal here. But I remember um, that day, hanging up the phone after talking to the girl and, um, you know, crying on my kitchen floor. No one else was home, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you'd be like, oh, oh, what are you doing? But I'm like, yo, I honestly like, I, I felt like my legs just gave out from me. Jeez. I just crying on the on the floor, mm-hmm. and um, man, like, why I'm sharing the story? Cause it's just, it's just so raw, man. Yeah. And like, yeah. I was crying, and I just cried out to God. I was like, God, like, you know, um, this is a verse in Job when Job's a person in the Bible, and like, he goes through all this adversity, and you know, um, and he's being tempted to curse God, but the only thing he says, he said, you know, naked I come into the world, and naked I'll go. You know, like. 
you can't take anything in life with you. Yep. You know what I mean? So like, you gotta take it both like successes and adversity. So I kind of just like had that moment. I don't call that moment calling crying out or worship, whatever that was. But it was a tough moment. Tough. Yeah, bro. I, I so. As you know, I've also been through an ACL yep. surgery. I've, yep. I've torn my ACL, and same same as you. I, when I tore it, I, I felt it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a sh- like it wasn't like a sharp sharp pain. It yep. was like ah, well, that that was weird, you know. Uh, but also really, I couldn't run. Yeah, it was it was so strange. So I remember hobbling off the court. Uh, I was playing basketball actually, so I went to go. I was chasing down a player. He went up for a layup. I went to go block the shot. I blocked it, but landed, wow. and then my my knee just buckled. Yeah. And so again, yeah. I felt it. It went pop, but oh, you heard the, the pop too. I, I yeah, I heard. I felt it. Oh. Heard the pop. You know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so and so this was I was how old was I? Uh, sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. I was sixteen. This was going into grade twelve. Yeah. Big year. Big, big year. year. Yeah. You know, like I had. I remember be, like before this. Scouting, yeah. yeah. Before this, I was I was being scouted by a bunch of schools, mm. but I had broken my ankle in grade ten. And so it's kind of some schools kind of fell off like oh he has an injury we'll see how he kind of comes back. Grade eleven I didn't have a great season because I was sitting behind some guys but grade twelve was that was supposed to be the year yeah. you know. Yeah. And then ACL happens and then kind of schools kind of fall off so I was like well this is great. Yeah. I remember telling my coach and uh, what before before I found out it was my ACL you know doctors were saying oh no you tore your calf or you tore yeah. stuff around your knee it wasn't until. I was able to see a sports doctor where he did one test. He's like, "Yeah, it's your ACL." I'm like, "Oh wow, yeah, yeah." So that was that yeah. was tough. So, so I've been through my ACL reconstruction, <laughs> and I know what it's like to rehab to play football again. Yeah. So I know my own challenges. Yeah. But for me, it was more mentally than anything else. More mental challenges yeah. than than physical ones. Um, but I also know that everyone is different and has their, have their own challenges with with recovery and rehab. What did you find challenging about this, and how did you get through it? Yeah. Well, one of the things, I remember, uh, shoot, it was probably, like, January 2017, and, like, like me and my sister and you were in a mm-hmm. grocery store. Right? Yeah, I remember this. Um, I think it was actually, like, New Year's or something, and mm-hmm. we were chatting it up, and, like, I remember just asking you about the journey. Mm-hmm. And, like, your journey inspired me, and it helped me as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, but kind of, like, yeah, one of the toughest, th- toughest things was... Uh, Shoot, one thing I always tell people, like tearing my ACL is one of the worst things or best things that happened to me. Facts. Um, and I'll people will be like, I'll be like, hey, if I could go back in time, all time machine, prevent myself from tearing it. No, I let that baby tear. Like, like I learned so much, like mentally, physically, yeah. spiritually, emotionally, academically, intellectually. You know? Like I, I grew so much. Like yeah. that's just a catalyst for growth. Um, but I'm not gonna like overhype it and be like everything's all good. I'm, a, I'm naturally an optimist. But um, yeah, one of the, one of the biggest things was uh, you know, I was kind of scared to re-tear it again. Yeah. Um, but uh, I put on the work throughout the rehab process. Mm-hmm. I have thirteen months to rehab compared to like some people have eight or ten. Um, one of the definitely one of the biggest challenges was uh, I think I just overloaded myself during the rehab process. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first time like in my university career, I took five courses, Oof. both 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 semesters. Yeah. And like, I try to go to every practice. Try to go to every workout, you know, do all the, the training I need to do. Um, I was also in my senior year of school, so yeah. got the seminar classes. Was... Can, I, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So for for those who don't know, athletes are typically encouraged to take one course less per semester yeah. in university yeah. because of the demand on your time, like yeah. with practices and training and rehab and and all that. So travel so, and yeah. travel, yeah, you know. So like so in order to help 
in order to help keep your grades up while you're doing that, they say... Stay in school. Bro. Everyone's like, getting in school so hard, getting in school so hard. No, stay in school so hard. Oh my gosh. Stay in. Exactly. So to take a full course load while still being a full-time university athlete, that's huge. That is huge. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no worries. And like some people like... Even when it comes to like your 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 junior and senior year of playing, people drop down to three courses yeah. and start taking yeah. summer courses, which is what I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I'm like, man, I want to take a, a year, like, I want to rebuild everything. Mm-hmm. Let's do five courses. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Like, yo, honestly, you know what? I still came out. Um, I made dean's dean's list that year. Mm-hmm. That's huge. So like, that's huge. Um, that's one's eighty percent, right? It's not the ninety percent. I think it's eighty percent. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not no brainiac here, you know. Like, like I, I, I can work hard, but I know where my strengths are. So like, um, you know, it, it's tough and like trying to overload myself. Like, um, mm-hmm. stress management like needed to become like something that was in the in the background before. Now it's a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely mentally is hard, man. Like watching. That 2016 year, my team struggled. We went yeah. from going 7-1 the year before, winning Yates Cup or Provincial Championship, to, you know, midway through the season, I think we we're 1-2. and two. That's wild. Losing games between, like, by, like, three points, one point. So, stuff like that. And, like, I'm watching it, and, uh, you know, a, a lot of it was in our secondary. We had, mm-hmm. like, a lot of injuries. We had, we had some guys who quit midway through the year. Yeah, it's, that's another story for another day. I uh, love them still, but, you know, that, that happened. And um, so much stuff happened, and I'm like, man, like, I just want to be in there. Yeah. You yep. know? Like, and, you know, our team was hurting. Like, you know, that culture, losing a little bit of that culture. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, like, I want to be in there. So, yeah. like, um, it's a combination of those things. Um, but, like, you know, adverse, as I, as I said before, adversity is a huge catalyst for growth. Huge. Man. It's huge, it's easy, man. It's easy to, to shine when everything's going well, but, like, like those things, like that's a foundation. If you're able to push through adversity, like you're strong. You're strong. Yeah. Exactly. You can go. You can go mm. through pretty much anything, man. I hope I answered your question. You know did. You de- no, okay. you definitely did, yeah. man. Like so, yeah. A lot of a lot of it is 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 a mental block that you yeah. face while recovering. So being able to push through that and like you you taking the yeah. extra course to to kind of make up for for school and all that yeah. kind of stuff, and then so that that just shows that you're able to kind of push through the, that mental block. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is huge. That's huge. Not a lot of people can do that, but commend you for that, man. It, it's funny because one of the things um, uh, you said on your podcast a couple of episodes ago is like celebrate the little victories. Yeah. I really had to learn that in the process because I remember what, uh, first like three weeks after surgery and like I finally get my full rotation on a bike. Jeez. I mean like I couldn't pedal on a bike. Yeah. And if I get a first full rotation, you feel something kind of going me. Uplifted, keep yep. yourself happy, just keep driving. That's yep. that's how you gotta do it. That's, that's how you gotta do it. Okay, so like I mentioned before, you played DB so well while you're at Guelph. You ha- you were a dog over the field, Thank and you. you were able to just do so much. And like honestly, in in my head, you're 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 playing pro. You're you're at that level. You're already there. There came a time where you had to decide if you're gonna work for athletes in action under Victor Dang, someone yep. we both consider a my mentor boy. and a brother. Dang, you be dang, shout out, be dang, or more seriously pursue a pro football mm-hmm. career. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and so so I remember at this time you're actually you're training hard with Shea Pierre, yep. the owner of Pierre Elite Performance, yep. under Shea Pep Pep Nation. Shout out, uh-uh. yo him. <laughs> you're training with him and other CFL players. Yeah, but in the end, you felt that God was calling you to something more than football. Yeah, can you please talk about that? Yeah, bro, that was a crazy, crazy experience. Um, yeah, so it almost been like two years, like. Uh, no, almost like, yeah, it would have been two years, like, mm-hmm. to the day, like, um, when I did the combine, like, the regional combine, yeah. and, you know, at the same time, uh, our boy Victor Dang, he was still working for Athletes in Action at U of T, um, he was in Seattle at the University of Washington, yeah. and we always had this vision, like, man, like, like, Vic and I were real close, he's like an older brother to me, and we always had this vision, like, you know, like, um, maybe we can do ministry one, t- one time, uh, together, mm-hmm. you know? And like minister to athletes together, and I'm like, yo, I'm so down. And um, at the end of like my 2017 season, I had some extra scholarship money, and I'm going out to Seattle. Um, he kind of gave me this vision trip, recruiting trip to like come with them to join athletes in action in Seattle. Um, so back in so January 2018, I applied. I didn't think th- I didn't think things were going to go through because it's the U.S., Canada, all that sort of stuff. Um, things went through. Uh, end of April, I got like acceptance for athletes in action, but I actually heard crickets from the CFL side. Say word. Crickets. Really? Yeah. So I, I tested well at the combine. Um, I think I was like top out of all the six like testing stuff. I was always like top five and at least four of them. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so I actually heard crickets from the CFL, CFL side, but that's not the reason why I didn't go. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, as I, as we mentioned before, like I'm a big believer in Christ. I'm a follower of Christ, and I really prayed about it. And I'm not really an anxious person, but like for like a week, I was anxious. Like I mean, like I was tossing and turning in my sleep. I was turning left side, like CFL, right side. I'm like AIA, <laughs> like oh, which was the right direction? Like you know, like God can uh, be glorified on both sides. Yeah, and I'm like, but, yeah. but how do I, how do I, how do I do that? And so I, I prayed about it. I'm like, man, I need to like take some time and just like seek god i prayed and i took i fasted for half a day and like i was just like i was just listening to worship music and journaling too journaling's big for me and like it's the weirdest thing y'all might think i'm crazy it's the weirdest thing but i heard um god like speak to me like deep down in my soul mm. i mean like right underneath the, the diaphragm and like it was just like this overwhelming sense of peace and he said like you know like go through the athletes in action door this is calming. He's like, go through the athletes in action door. And I said, okay, God, but like, shoot, what about like my CFL dream? Like something I've been dreaming about since I was about 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's calmly, calmly said, yeah, like if the door opens before um, May 31st and walk through, that's the sign I'm leading you through it. I'm like, okay, I, I can go with that. So like this overwhelming sense of peace went through me. I, I still training the same time, still training. I started doing, uh, you know, the fundraising I needed to do for Athletes in Action, taking care of those ducks there. And then, uh, shoot, May 31st comes and goes. I'm like, okay, like, you know, I still didn't hear anything from any team, which was I felt was wild. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, hey, but I didn't still hear anything from any team. And um, May 31st goes, and June 1st actually comes. And uh, June 1st comes, and I actually get a DM from uh, one of the Argo Scouts. Mm-hmm. 
You didn't know this? No, I, di- I didn't know. I yeah, didn't, I didn't know I, it was June 1st. It's June 1st. It's literally no, June 1st. Like, no. like people, you know how crazy it is? Oh. So June 1st, I get a DM. He's like, yo, what's your number? Like, my phone number. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So like, I sent him my phone number. I sent him my phone number. And uh, I don't think too much about it. But I'm like, um, actually, no, I, I did think a lot about it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, what if he like calls me? What if he invites me to camp, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, I call my boy Vic, I'm like, I'm like, Vic, like, like, yo, like, the scout asked my number, like, I don't know if it's a sure thing, I don't know what's going on, and he's like, he's like, oh, that's great, I'm like, bro, no, it's not, it's June 1st, bro, it's June 1st, God said May 31st, and, and he's just like, oh my gosh, like, it's June 1st, like, what, but he's like, oh, and so he's just like, oh my gosh, I'm like, bro, we gotta pray, man, we gotta pray, so, like, we start praying a little bit, I'm like, bro, like, I was like, God, just like give me clarity. Like, I don't know what to do. I call my, I call my uncle. I call my uncle Greg, who I was living with at the time. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh. So, I'm at my dad's house, and like uh, an hour or two goes by. I'm still kind of freaking out. My dad doesn't know what's going on. I'm like, just kind of like in my head, just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And uh, my uh, the the new head coach was Coach Todd Galloway mm-hmm. at Guelph. Uh, called me earlier. He told me like, hey, I'll advocate for you. Um, almost as like an agent, I advocate for you for teams to like invite you to camp because I believe him, like my coach and I believe that like if I invite you to camp, as I'll make it onto the team. Yeah. Anyway, so coach Gal- coach uh, Todd Galloway calls me. He's like, "Hey, oh, what's up?" I'm like, "What's this? What's up, coach?" He's like, "Hey, like, uh, I was talking to the Argos couch, uh, or uh, scout, not couch." <laughs> See, like, you can hear my voice, yo. I'm stressed. I am stressed. So he's like, he's like, I was talking to the Argo Scout, and um, they like you, and they want to bring you to camp. Um, He's like, uh, he's like, cool, I passed your number. And I say this is one of two times that, like, I felt like, there's this word in English called eternal, um, uh, internal conflict, Mm. right? I felt almost like two parts of myself split. Hmm. And one part is just like, you fool, you better say yes. <laughs> and the other part's like, you know, I, I believe like it's a flesh and spirit, but the other part was like, no, like, trust God. Mm-hmm. Trust, like, you know, bet on God. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, coach, like, I'm saying these words, and my body's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, coach, like, I appreciate what you've done for me. Um, I'm actually going to go through the, the athletes in action route. You know, like this year, I said, I just said this year, I'm not going to play in the, the CFL. Hmm. He's like, he's like, oh, I completely respect that. And, um, yeah, that's, that's it. Hung up the phone. And I was just like, holy snap, what did I just do? <laughs> like, it, it felt like I literally closed the door that I, I, was, I was been praying for for years to be opened. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, like, like, uh, is a huge, is it, it's like a trust fall, man. Like, mm-hmm. like God's like, can you trust me? And I'm like, yeah, like, I, I can trust you. And obviously every day it's not, it's not like that, but like, you know, that's a, that's a huge moment for me. And yeah, like, I remember huge. sharing that story with you. Yeah. And like, yeah. I remember man. that. I remember that. Oh my gosh. My mom thought it was crazy. <laughs> like, I had people, I had people be like, yo, what are you saying? What are you doing? And I'm like, and I'm like, oh man, like, you're right. I remember the, like two days after that, I was in the gym and I was like, I was working out. I'm like, man, like, yo, what if I just DM, I, I was scheming. I was like, what if I DM the coach? What well, I told him was a mistake. What if like, and I'm, and I'm like, okay, I have to calm myself down. And I went home. I'm like, yo, I just need to like talk to God. 
And I just like went back and I was like, God, like I need your peace, man. Like I'm still freaking out. And he's just like, and he, that peace was like granted. Yeah. So, yeah. That's huge, bro. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh story. my gosh. Story, man. Man, man, I like for 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 me that I remember, I remember being, <coughs> what was it? How old was I? Probably 12 years old. Yeah. And I had a an Argonauts football. I had the pleasure of growing up right next door to the Clemens. Football. Yeah, legendary you know, Clemens. Yeah, football Clemens. He he gave me a, a uh, he gave me two footballs in, in the box. He signed both of them. And I remember writing on uh, writing on the Argonauts one saying, "I will play in the CFL when I when I'm older." Yeah. I rolled on that ball. I took it to school every day. I played with it. Remember getting to high school and remember you know playing high school and then having that dream all the, yep. the whole way through yep. going to university. Like this is the only thing I want. I'm going to play in the CFL. Yep. And then when and then when I got had to leave school when I got called to come play for the Hamilton Hurricanes, I'm like, this is the chance. Yep. This is it. Yeah, another door opens. Another yeah. door opens. You know, right? And then but it took me a while to get to the point where. I could release that dream to God and say, yeah, you know what, bro. this this is yours completely. I'm going to com- leave it completely open. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And, but I'm leaving it up to you. Yeah. And so I remember going into the season 2016 with the Hamilton Hurricanes, yeah. and I went in as a starting starting Sam, starting uh, linebacker. Yeah. Played played maybe a couple games, and then they brought in someone else. So they said, Shaka, we're gonna put you to play defensive end. Yeah, I remember that. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I ain't never played DN in yeah, my life. What? I remember that. I remember and that. so I played. So I played DN, and we end up winning the provincial championship. Yeah. And then a few months go by. I talked to the GM of the of the team, and I was like, you know what? I really appreciate you allowing me to play for this team, but I think I'm retiring. Yeah. And that was that. He. Yeah. I remember that was it for a while. It's always a hard convo. Man. It's a hard convo. Yep. And then a few months after that, I get a, I get a DM from a Saskatchewan Rough Rider scout. Yep. Saying, "Hey, heard you want to play football? Come out to a tryout." I'm like, "What? My guy, what? I I had already given up at this point. Yeah. Like, I had given the yeah. gym back to God. Like, I for me, I wasn't. I t- I gave my body a break. I'm like, I am yeah. not going to train." As intensely as I, as yeah. I once was, because that 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 takes a hard toll on your body. It does. You know, <laughs> it takes a hard toll on your body. Yo, that 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 narp life is tempting, bro. Yo, I honestly, I, I I kid you not. This was this. I I pretty sure I gained like solid five pounds, bro. Like I Easy. wasn't. Like I just sat around, didn't do anything. Yeah. I went to the gym, lifted one two weight, and that was yeah. about it. You know, That's came it. home and ate ate ate. Yeah, bro. Because what are you lifting for? You, what are you lifting for? There's nothing to lift he for. You know, street fight. What are you lifting for, bro? Exactly, yo, like Michael Jackson. I'm a lover, not a fighter. What Ooh. do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> and so. <laughs> And so and so I get I get this DM. I was like, God, what? Yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. you give me another chance yeah. here. And so and so and so at that point I was like, you know what? Hey, you you have in, in the past he has shut doors completely for me. The door yeah. that he doesn't want open, and he's open door for me. Yeah. But at this point now I have multiple doors. So I'm saying like. Which one do I go through? Which one do I go through, you yeah. know? And so I'm praying about it. I talk to my family about it. talk to my, my friends about it. And then everyone's like, you know what? Go for it. Like, yeah. What do you have to lose at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. And so and so I go I go to the tryout, and it was such a cool experience being with free agents. That was in Buffalo, right? Not in Buffalo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was cool going against all the Americans, seeing where, yep. I, where I stacked up and everything. I didn't test super, super well. Like, I ran a slow 40, I ran a 4.9. Trust me, to play in CFL, you cannot run a 4.9 to play linebacker. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's not that far it's off. Not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that far off. But like, but but at the same time, like, like that that can be that can be that much of a difference. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so, but like, for me, like I've I've always kind of like uh, taken pride in my football IQ. And mm-hmm. so when it came out to doing the drills, like I held my own. Yeah. Like I, I could read angles of the running backs. Like I was one of the only linebackers to, to stay in the drills. The other three got tired. We, we it was like got tired, they, bro. They got tired. I'm sitting here, like you, you were at a pro tryout. Yeah, you got tired. How, how, do, you, how do you get tired, you're my tired. guy? Like no, that doesn't. No, nah, you, you can't get tired. You don't want it. Get out of here. Like I got, I got this invite ten days before the trial, yeah. my guy. Ten days, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm going. Make the best of it. Exactly. Yeah. So I went out. I put everything I had into. Yeah. And I left, and I was like, you know what? Hey, I, I gave it everything. Like, not everybody can say that they got invited to a tr- no. pro football tryout. No. You know what? So I, I ended up like, you Look know Look at the percentages. Exactly. Of, like, how many people play after high school. Yeah. Yo, honestly, Google that. Look at the percentages, <laughs> how many people play after high school, how many people make it into the NFL or any professional league. Exactly. It's crazy low. It's so low. Crazy low. So at the end of it, I'm like, you know what? To God be the glory, and yeah, now let's, let's move on. Man, it was... It was, but it was tough. I hope a lot of you at that time in our life. I'm sitting here. I'm like, yo. But even now, it's still hard. Yeah, it's still hard because like I, even though I've officially retired again, <laughs> again <laughs> I, <too>. you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Every time around August, that's you know that's yeah. when that's when training yep. camp starts happening. Yeah, I get the jitters. I want to go yep. back in the gym. I want to start playing again. Or I yep. or I see my friends who are still playing ball. Yep. Or and then they're the young ones. The young yeah. ones. I'm like, I'm like young yeah. buck. Wait, well, come on yeah, now. Exactly. You know, I, I get I get antsy. I'm like, I want to yeah. go back and play. Yeah. But I but I know that God has so much more than just playing football for me Hell you, yeah, you know for what sure, i'm saying there's a, there's a season for everything in life exactly you know what i mean if exactly. we try to hang on to season too long like or miss the, the beauties of another season so. exactly exactly yeah. it's like it's like holding on to holding on to a rope and that rope being pulled because that season is coming out of your life but you're mm-hmm. holding out for mm-hmm. dear life mm-hmm. that thing's gonna burn you you know Ooh. so like, you have to be able to let that yeah. rope go I like I like that analogy. You know, it's... I like that. Yo, I like that analogy, I've, man. I've been I've been thinking about that's this stuff for a while. Yeah, that's good imagery. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No rope burn here. No rope <laughs> burn here, bro. <laughs> you know, for a while it's getting close, but yeah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah, you know sure. exactly, for exactly. Sure. So, can you, can you talk a little about your experience about working with AIA in Seattle, and and along with that, because I know a lot of Canadians are probably thinking like, what is the American athletic culture compared to the Canadian one? Yeah. Well, first thing, okay, Seattle for, for all you guys, like, honestly, I didn't really know where Seattle was first before I got there. I was like, oh, okay. So Seattle's West Coast, guys. It's, uh, what, four hours south of of um of Vancouver. So honestly, like, some days I'd be like, yo, I feel like I'm still in Canada. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then other days I'm like, oh, this is America. Like, <laughs> um... See, when it comes to uh to like sport culture, uh, it's different. Yo, it's mm-hmm. a different breed there. Um, like, I was at the University of Washington, which is the Huskies. Go Huskies, go Docs. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> And um, they would have like seventy thousand people. Yeah, seven zero 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 <laughs> people wild. to a football game. This is a regular season game. It's not a bowl game. It's nothing. This is a regular season game, mm. and the stadium would sell out. I mean, like. I remember one Saturday I wanted to go to the gym. The gym was closed because it was a football game. <laughs> I'm like, that's okay, you're holding wild. people back from games because of a football <laughs> game. I, I've never heard that in my life. No. And like, it's a, it's completely different, man. Like, I remember seeing a basketball game there. Like, I mentored uh, a couple of track athletes, a golf athlete, um, and a football player as well. And like, 
it's uh they have a different kind of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, I remember one time I was actually talking to a few of them, um, and they actually said that like you know, if it wasn't for my athletic scholarship, I wouldn't be playing my sport anymore. Yeah, like they they would have rather not playing the sport and just be going to school as a normal student. Yeah, because um you know that they still like to say student athlete, but like I think you know in the states like athlete is a lot bigger than student there. Yeah. Um, you know, they, uh, like, football-wise, they practice year-round. I mean, like, they don't go home for Christmas. Um, they go home sometimes for Thanksgiving. Uh, Christmas time is bowl season, right? So they don't go home for Christmas. Jeez, true. Um, if they win bowl games, you, uh, they, the program gets millions, I mean, I mean, millions of dollars. The NCAA is different, bro. Yeah. So, just, like, all sorts of pressures on them. You know, mm. coaches' jobs are on them, you know. Mm. Um, you know, you have a bigger fan base than just like your your peers, your students. Like it's it's the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of more pressure on those guys. Yeah. So, yeah. but it was, it was a great experience though. A lot of some of the the some of the athletes I mentored like have like a really good shot of going pro. Mm-hmm. Like these are some high caliber, high class athletes. Mm-hmm. 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 Nice. So after your year in Seattle, how did he feel after working for AIA? Yeah, how do I feel? I, I loved it. Um, you know, I felt, I feel like one of the things, one of the driving forces in my life is like, uh, it's the university Guelph model. It's kind of, it's kind of cheesy, but it's true. Like, and that model is improving lives. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever I want to do, I want to be improving lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be helping people on it. Like, that's kind of like where my niche is. That's where I feel like my calling is to help people. Um, so I felt like I had, God gave me amazing influence in people's lives. And I got to journey with people. Mm-hmm. I got to um, impact them, you know. And I believe the biggest impact you make is, is talking about Jesus. Yeah. And um, kind of got to build them up. Um, I've seen, I've been there for athletes when they've been on the lowest. Uh, I've been there for athletes when they've been crying. I've mm-hmm. um, been there for athletes when they're at the, high, at the highest as well. So, um, yeah, just kind of being able to journey with them was, was, was sick. That's so, huge. That, that's really yeah, huge, good experience. Man. Nice, good. So, after your year... Uh, you decided it was time to come home. Yeah. But at the same time, yep. that wasn't it for you. I remember, I remember you messaging me and saying, "Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going, ch- going to chase a new sport, bobsleigh." Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, huh? But you Are know it's drunk. Cold? You know, right, bro? You know it's cold, right? Like I don't get it. But, but you know, but with this, like, there's, there's no random adult leagues out there. Like, there is with basketball, no. with soccer, no. with. With, with with baseball and hockey, nope. you're like you're training to compete for Canada. Yeah, like you're training to compete at the 2022 Olympics. Yeah, the 2022 <laughs> Olympics. I had to repeat yeah, myself because I didn't understand it. Yeah, that's that's the goal. 2022, baby, Beijing. That's that's huge. the goal, bro. So, yeah, please talk about yeah. that. Well, that's, that's I, I know I told like quite a bit of stories, but I guess give me another story how I actually got to uh, to bobsled because it sounds random but I believe it's divine you know what I'm saying okay. All right. so um, shoot so when I tore my ACL in 2016 um, you know, I was watching the movie Cool Runnings with my sister she uh, the day I, I got out of surgery that night watched Cool Runnings she was kind of hanging out with me taking care of me a little bit she's a nurse uh, shout out to my sister Alex and like watching Cool Runnings and uh, me being Jamaican descent, both my parents are Jamaican. Um, I believe I'm, I state myself as Jamaican Canadian. Um, 
you know, we were watching Cool Runnings again for probably about the fourth or fifth time in our life. And Sanka, one of the main characters, he has uh, short locks, right? <laughs> and at the time, I had short locks. <laughs> My sister looks at Sanka, looks up at me, and she's like, oh, you guys have the same length locks. And I kind of look at her, I'm like, and so? <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, you should do bobsled. I'm like, okay, hold on. I paused the movie. I'm like, okay, how do you deduct that? Locks to bobsled. She's like, no, no, no. She's like, not just that. She's like, no, like, oh, she's like, I believe like you're, like you're fast, you're strong, and you're explosive, and like, you know, that's what they said. Like, makes a good bobsledder. She's like, you should think about it. I'm like, Alex, I'm like, at the time, I'm like, I'm still trying to go pro. Like, I'm not thinking about no bobsled. What? And she's like, yeah, just, like, think about it. Maybe when you're done playing football. I'm like, yeah, I'm not planning to be done playing football for a while. She's like, yeah, I know, but, like, just think about it. So <laughs> that goes in, like, I say back brain is back, back, back brain. <laughs> so I don't think about that for, like, a while um, until, like, I get to Seattle. Um, and while I was in Seattle, I was like, oh, I'll still train. I still, like, you know, maybe I'll still train and go to open tryout mm-hmm. make it on the CFL roster somehow. And, like, in October, I was just, like, I remember I was working on one day. This is, this is super sad. I was working on one day. I was, like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I was, like, no. I honestly, I, I sat in the gym and I started pouting. <laughs> I was, like, why am I putting my body through this? Bro, I know the feeling. <laughs> I know the ones. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's so, I just, I just lost all motivation, like, yeah. for training at that, at that moment. And I kind of have to, like, reevaluate and, like, it's weird. I had dreams that like I I made it to the CFL and I quit halfway. Like I mean, I like, quit during halftime. Like um, so it halftime. Some guy in the Buffalo Bills did that. I don't. I don't know. What I, you're can't talking about. I can't remember his name. I can't remember. But he was a DB as well. That's wild. Max quit during halftime. Halftime. He like stopped at halftime. He's like, yeah, like I'm done playing this game. Wow. So like I had dreams about that and like which is kind of like that that freaked me out a little bit. Um. So, like, October goes. I'm like, you know what? I think this season's done in my life. I'm like, let's stop playing. October October goes. November goes. And I'm like, I need, like, something to be training for. Yeah. And I start, like, I don't know. I start following uh, Bobsled on Instagram. I'm like, this guy looks like a cool sport. I'm like, this is really, like, I'm like, these guys are athletic freaks. Yeah. Like, I mean freaks. I mean, like, like you have, like, guys who are, like, 220 pounds and, like, running like real fast and like lifting some like heavy weight mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and i looked at it kind of like that kind of fascinated me and um near the end of november actually i was kind of like in and out of sleep kind of half asleep and i felt like the word like bob sled just came like hit my forehead <laughs> and, went, and it just wouldn't come out of my head so like i roll over pull up my ipad and i just google i just i googled how do i get on the canadian bobsled team you know, it's second to see some, like, some crazy process, especially not to actually get results. And the first thing I find is Bobsled Canada um, website, and then I go to recruiting. I look at, like, what is required, like, as, like, the like the testing requirements, combine requirements. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, like, these marks look like attainable. attainable. Yeah. You know, but I'd have to grind to get there, like, mm-hmm. attainable, but like, I can do it. And... So I call, I call my best friend Johnny, Johnny Augustine, and I'm like, yo, Johnny. Like, this is the next day, I'm like, bro, I think you want to be a bobslider. He's like, are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, like, seriously, bro, like, I, I think I want to be a bobslider, man. He's like, all right, like, bro, like, I hear that, like, yo, if, uh, if you're serious, uh, call Coach Neil. 
which is Neil Lumpson, yeah. right? Which is Jesse Lumpson, the Olympian's mm-hmm. dad, mm-hmm. Yeah. who was one of our coaches at Guelph. And so I, I call him, like, it's uh, around December time, and I, I tell him what's going on. I'm like, hey, like, can you tell me about Jesse's journey? And he kind of breaks it down for me. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's a grind. You know, it's not it's not an easy sport. Mm-hmm. You get beat up. Um, it's rough. It's, you know, it's not very glamorous. But he's like, hey, but I think if anyone wants to do it, I think you'd be a great candidate for it. He's like, this is what I'll do. This is what he says. Like, this is what I'll do. I'll, um, uh, he's like, send me the email of um, your combine results and from the CFL combine, and um, I'll send it over to the high-performance manager, uh, which is Coach Morgan. At Guelph or, or for Bobsley? It's for Bobsley, Canada. Sorry. Okay, okay. Coach Morgan at Bobsley, Canada. So uh, he sends an email. Two days later, Coach Morgan messaged me back. He's like, hey, like, um, saw your results, like, let's get her on a call, like, in the next two days. So I, we call, get on a call, I'm talking to him, and we're, I was asking him a bunch of questions, kind of gives me the lowdown and everything, and, like, we round it down, we're like, how to get on the bobsled team, and, like, what is necessary, and that's pretty much, like, how the journey started. That was, like, January 2018, and then wow. from there, I just started training, doing a lot more sprinting, a lot, um, some weightlifting, and then, uh, went to a regional trial in Guelph. Mm-hmm. I ran the time I needed to run, um, and then I went to, uh, and then I was invited to the national trial, and then I ended up making the team. <laughs> Grace of God. That's so, yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Alex for, for, making, for saying you should do it. Yeah, right? Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, honestly, yeah. It, it's funny. Like, I actually really love this part of the story because the transition from football to bobsled is actually yeah. a lot more common than people think. It is. Like, very. yeah, like I'm pretty sure like someone someone <laughs> told me after I was done playing football, Shaka, you should go do bobsled. It's and not I was, too late. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> the second hey, time you hey, said this, bro. Hey, hey, hey! I, I, I just want to get an old four man bobsled with Shaka Anderson. It's out there. People, it's out there, man. It's out there. Hey. You know, it's, but he can't be driving though. I'll get, I'll go in the back. Like he, he's, he's not driving. Someone else will. Anyway, I'll get my pilot to drive. Someone else, Pat Norton. <laughs> oh gosh, it's funny because like when, when I when I when I think about those who made the transition the transition before, yeah. like you mentioned earlier, Jesse Lumpson. Yeah. For those who don't know, legendary, he, legendary CFR running back yeah. Jesse Lumpson played yeah. played for for Hamilton. For everybody else at the time. Uh, he played for Edmonton, Edmonton as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. I think Calgary for a bit. Um, yeah. And then he had a stint uh, uh, in Seattle with Seattle Seahawks Seattle, and then like Washington. Yeah. yeah. Jesse Lumpson, legendary running back. Like, mm-hmm. unreal. Mm-hmm. He made a jump to, to Bobsled and killed it. Yeah. Absolutely Phenomenal. killed it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, at this point, <laughs> and you, you, you kind of touched on that earlier, um, but why did you decide to continue with Bobsled instead of chasing football? Yeah, why did I decide to continue? Well, like, uh, with football, as I, as I said, I believe that season of my life was over. I was, mm-hmm. I was having dreams about it. Um, sure. If that's, like, nothing, like, I think God was showing me some stuff in my subconscious. Mm. It was, like, real trippy. I was having dreams about it, like, uh, not playing, not wanting to play, quitting. Um, really just, like, you know, kind of like that identity crisis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I knew my identity wasn't in football, but, you know, having... You know, I, I think it's a little bit like moving out to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, missing missing my my boys at, at Guelph, man. Missing my guys, like I my recruiting class I was in with, and like all those guys there. The team atmosphere, you know, as as in uh, Seattle in the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, that's football time, and like football time. I'm like, man, like I miss my squad. Yeah. You know, and 
really trying to decipher, okay, am I missing actually a team or am I missing the sport itself? I love the sport and it's a great sport, but, um, you know, after praying, after journaling and I, what I was missing is like this, like, just like the team atmosphere. Yeah. Right? And I was missing almost like the glamour that came behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a little bit of adjustment. Mm. So just like kind of realizing, you know, like it's not really, it wasn't really about football. Um, it was just like a little about what came with what it. What came with it, yeah. 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 So. For, for those who, let's talk about it earlier today. Yeah. yeah. For, for those who are going through that, that feel that they're really missing, mm. missing something or they feel like for, for me, it was, it was, I thought I was really, really missing football. But just like Orion said, <laughs> I was actually truly missing the team aspect of yeah. it. Like being around those teammates. It's like, it's, it is the ultimate team sport. Like p- being able to be on a team with people that you have to rely on yeah. to succeed. No that, matter your differences, man. No matter your differences. Yeah. It, like, it brings people together, yeah. you know? And, and like, I know people can say that about other, about their own sports. And like, if you feel that way, truly understand like where that comes from. Because for, for me, it was the love of my teammates that I found while I played. It wasn't necessarily the sport itself. Mm-hmm. Do not get me wrong. I still love the game. Mm-hmm. But what I really loved was the camaraderie that I had with my teammates. Yeah, lifting in the weight room together. You know, getting hyped with each other. Yeah. Yo, what a class it. together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, know? you truly form a bond that's unbreakable. Yeah. Like the people, like I've mentioned before, the people that I have grown up playing sports with are some of my best friends to yeah. this day. You they, know? they stood at your wedding, man. They stood I at my wedding. Some of those guys. You know, exactly. Yeah, right? some of those guys. Like if y'all saw, if y'all saw the wedding, like I had 10 guys stand yeah. next to me at my wedding and honestly, if people were like, did you have to bring the entire team with you? I'm like, yes, <laughs> I had to. I <laughs> couldn't cut anybody else, you know? Yeah, bring the whole squad. Bring the whole squad, you yeah. know? We ride together, we die together. That's, That's what it. we do. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so back to boxing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So can you explain how they're similar, boxing and football? Yeah. Uh, and, like, you've already had some races with Team Canada. Can yeah. you explain how competing feels yeah. in boxing versus football? Okay, so how bobsled and football similar? I think the athlete build is similar. So usually in bobsled, you need, uh, like, fairly bigger athletes. Um, you know, like, you want, like, ideal body type would probably be, like, 6'1", 220 pounds. And you gotta, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not that, but yeah. No, no. <laughs> no I, I'm just making face because yeah, like that, that is my you. bar. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I'm starting to get, I'm shocked right now. Like, hmm. It's coming. Yeah, but so that's the ideal body type. Um, you gotta be fast. Uh, a lot of sprinters, uh, you know, are able to make the transition into bobsled, which is where uh, football players excel. Sprinters are uh, often a little bit more in tune with their body yeah um you know they feel like the hamstrings a little bit tight or they feel like you know something's a little bit out of place they'll be like yeah i'm not running today not saying not running today they'll be like i'm not doing like full training or mm-hmm. might scale it back which is good but fo- we're football players like we're so used to like playing a longer season and like you know not feeling 100 percent all the time yeah and like in the reality of the bobsled is like you don't feel 100 percent all the time you know you go through like the the season you're, you're going you're traveling a lot, doing long drives, I mean, like, 14-hour drives some days. In Being in a bobsled is rough. It's not cushions there. You're in, like, a carbon fiber rocket-like tube on ice. Jeez. And there's no suspensions. And, like, you feel up to 4 Gs, actually 5 Gs in Whistler, and you go 157 kilometers max per hour. Jeez. So that's a lot on your body. You're going through different turns. And I didn't even mention crashing yet. 
<laughs> right? So, 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 exactly. So, crashes, crashing is normal, and it happens. So, like, um, you know, some people are freaked out by, which is, it's just fair. It's, it's pretty loud. Uh, but like, it's, it's like you have to have that toughness, and football players often have that toughness. And the last kind of athletic aspects would be uh, explo- uh, football players are usually explosive, um, and they're usually fairly strong. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, usually stronger than sprinters, but not as strong as like weightlifters. Right? Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of a happy medium. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what was racing and competing like for for Team Canada and bobsled? Um, it was, it was sick. So kind of the difference between football and bobsled. Football, like I felt like um, I played DB, so I had to think. I, so I couldn't just be like all like piped up and yeah. riled up. Yeah. Because like I had to know what my job, what my my alignment, my, my assignment, assignment, execution, yeah. everything. Right. I, I have to know what I'm doing, what everyone else is doing as well. So exactly. I have to think a little bit more. And like, but the football game is what forty eight minutes, mm-hmm. like with without stoppage, right? Yeah. So that's you're on the field for like an hour and a half. Yeah. So like trying to be hyped the whole time is like. Come on, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm fooling, bro. Like, so that's, that's, that's a fake energy. It's crazy. But uh, but bobsled, bobsled, um, you probably have like when it comes to race day, you'll have between two to four runs, and then five seconds pushing each, and then you're kind of like holding on for dear life on the way down. <laughs> so like, so like what I found out is like with bobsled, you kind of got to be uh, stemmed out of your mind, and like. Yeah. Like, so you have to have, like, your, your pregame music is important. Like, pre-workout, which I never really took before, important. And all, Pre- like, really? Yeah. Pre-workout? I didn't really do much pre-workout before. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't. It makes my head all itchy. Yeah, I, I can't. yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but that's kind of like the it's a beta alamine that's kind of going, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, pre-workout was, like, became a thing. Uh, You know, coffee slash caffeine pills became a thing. And just, like, you got to, like, you got to go to, like, almost, like, not a like, dark place, but you got to go, like... You gotta be a little more animalistic. Jeez. Otherwise, like you're not gonna like push fast. So you gotta yeah. be like, like, like I remember like my first like four man race, which was my first race I ever did. I was like pacing back and forth. I was like squeezing my. I I you know at that point you're like you're still like, you're almost crying. <laughs> you're yeah. like, yeah, get that zone. oh you're my like, god. <laughs> They'll say man with super saiyan before the race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guys are like screaming, how ah, you know? So like it's. It's like, you know, like, it's, you gotta kind of be, you gotta be animalistic a little bit. And, like, I kind of like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, like, I kind of I like it. And, like, um, you get to the block, get to the starting block, and all you hear your teammate kind of cheering you on, like, come on, Lo, come on, big push now. And everyone's just like, oh, your pilot's going crazy too. Kind of like, you know, just pacing back and forth. Then we kind of like do the last, last cheer. We get there. And then you get the call, and then you just go. Jeez. And it's just like, and then from there, this becomes like a little bit of a, you know, uh, a little, little, little bit of a ballet getting into the bobsled, <laughs> all four of us getting in. But then like from there, you're just holding on, and you're just like, yeah. So it's like, it's like five, it's like five seconds, but like with the push, and it's like a minute down tops. Wow. So you're just like holding on for a ride, hoping for a smooth ride, and just like, sometimes, you know, shooting up a little prayer, or you don't know? <laughs> But you know, but like, but like, yeah, it's uh, it's fun, man. It's it's uh, it's way more, as I said before, way more animalistic, way yeah. more raw than okay. than football. football. Yeah. Jeez, mm-hmm. jeez, man. <laughs> like it's it's actually truly amazing that you're able to kind of make that transition a little 
it, you made it seem so seamless. <laughs> was not. You know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, be- it was because not. because we've been in the trenches, we we understand yeah, yeah. the the difficulty it is to to <laughs> play a sport or to compete at such a high level. You mm. know, and and like play and competing for Team Canada. That's that's mm. huge. That's huge. So, what's next for you? Yeah. Um, what what's next is like kind of the next like two years. Like I'm, I want to go for uh, Beijing 2022. I want to represent Canada for Beijing 2022. That's huge. Uh, what's next is like right now I'm uh, I'm training. I'm on the development team for Team Canada. I'm training to become to to make the 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 marks to make it onto the World Cup team to be, be on the World Cup circuit. So that's kind of my next like benchmark right now in the and the the step towards like making it to the Olympics. Um. So that's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like where I'm at. Like I'm just uh, I'm just training right now, mm-hmm. doing a little bit of work, um, and yeah, just just getting ready for next season. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's catching huge. up with people like yeah. I haven't caught up in a while. So yeah, for real. Yeah, that's huge, man. That's huge. So okay, uh, so just just to to debunk any uh, stereotypes that people may have. Yeah. When it comes to training, is it funded? For bobsled, is it funded by Team Bobsled, or do you have to raise your own funding? Um, and and what in what sense of training? What what kind of training you're talking about? Like like bobsled training, like when it like comes in to a bobsled or actually or actually in the gym. Both. Okay, so during the season, there's a uh, there's paid training, which means like Bobsled Canada, the organization, pays for our teams, our sleds to go on the ice and, and use the ice mm-hmm. prior to to official training. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when I was in Lake Placid, there was paid training for our, our pilots to get used to the, to the track. Mm-hmm. And then after, there probably like two days of that. And then there'd be three days of official training. Mm-hmm. Official training, meaning that you have to, everyone's training on the, on the ice, but meaning that you have to go down safely twice for uh, each event, like two man or four man, for a team to qualify to race. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you don't make it down twice, in the two man or four man, like you won't be racing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, so that's paid for. Training on my own. Um, Training, travel, meals, all that. Flights are paid for in some capacity, um, and some others aren't. So like my flight, um, my flight to like the national team trout wasn't paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, my flight back home wasn't paid for, but mm-hmm. my flights like from like. Um, after I was in New York, Lake Placid, from like Toronto to to Calgary, was paid for, and then other flights like there and back are paid for. Okay, so that's nice. good, 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 good. Um, yeah. we are like carded, so it's like it's which means like you get a, a stipend, a monthly stipend from the government uh, for being a, a Team Canada athlete. Oh yes, but you are st- you still have a portion of fundraising to do on your own. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So okay. kind of one thing like we've been talking about is like I've been trying to. Build up my brand a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> just joking, just joking. Um, no, it's important. Like, yeah. I've been trying to build up my brand a little bit and working on uh, getting partnerships and sponsorships, you yeah. know, because, like, January 2019 to uh, December 20, 2019, I spent between about $15,000 just on training. That's well, like, training, um, physio, Cairo. Paying both like as as I said like sprint coaches, weightlifting coaches, facilities, you know, flights, all sorts of stuff. So like mm-hmm. it adds up. It adds yeah. up. Yeah, that's huge. So like for those who think that Olympic athletes get all the money nope. in the world and nope. that they don't pay for a single thing, that is a lie. Yeah. 
someone lied to you. Yep. Olympic athletes are still actually considered amateur athletes. Yep. They're not pros. Yep. They're, oh, you're still working. You're, I'm what, still working. What, what, do you, what is your full-time job? Yeah, my full, oh, before I even say that, um, there's actually a stat, like, often a lot of, like, national team Olympic athletes are living below the poverty line. That's unreal. So take that in. And that's in Canada. Yeah. And so like, we're talking about like, other nations that are like less off. We might not have as much funding. Like that's hard. So yeah. like getting to the Olympics is a big thing. Winning a medal, even bigger th- yeah, thing. So exactly. big appreciation for those guys who already done it. Yeah. Guys and gals. Excuse me, guys and gals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, what I do full time. Uh, I graduated from the University of Guelph with uh, criminal justice and public policy. I minored in family and child studies. I start a job tomorrow at the York Region District School Board, which I'm amped for, um, working as an intervention support worker, meaning I'll be working in a classroom with um, with students who have autism spectrum disorder and like other developmental disabilities, helping them go through their individual education plan. So I'm extremely excited for that. First time working in a school environment. Uh, but not first time working within that population. So. Yeah, before you worked in group homes. Yeah, I did yeah. work in group homes That's uh, in Guelph, which was yeah. which was great experience and was uh, yeah. a lot of fun. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. So from Guelph to AIA to mm-hmm. training from bobsled to working <coughs> full time, you've had an amazing journey, the, quite the journey, and it's phenomenal. Yeah. With all the transitions and uncertainty in all of it, how have you remained focused on your goals at hand? Shoot. Um, man, I want to take it. Is gotta gotta take it back to God, man. Yeah. Like, um, you know, transitions transitions have never been easy for me. Um, I don't know sometimes outside in may look like it. Mm-hmm. Never been easy for me. Um, even I remember transitioning to Seattle. It was uh, very hard, but from there, like while I was there, I learned to like depend on God. Even transitioning back from Seattle to Toronto was also very hard, and yeah. like, it was another lesson in there as well. So my biggest the biggest thing is like prayer and like talking to God and constantly have a conversation asking asking him, hey like what are you what are you showing me in this mm-hmm. you know how are you how are you building me up how are you um you know or how well, what are you doing for maybe even someone else that mm-hmm. doesn't include me it's not always about you mm-hmm. you know what I mean so that's uh that's pretty much like how I've been um able to keep pushing forward mm-hmm. how can people follow me along this on along the journey though Shoot, the best way you can follow me is is, is literally follow me. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. O underscore E D D Y O Eddie seven on Instagram. Hey, I'm a, I'm gonna put it down there. I'm gonna put it yeah. down there. Trust me, you're gonna want to follow this man's yeah. journey. It's gonna be great. It's gonna yeah. be great. Okay, so this one one thing I like to do on the podcast, and I know you've heard it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to have everybody kind of reflect on their journey. If I if you can reflect on your entire journey and can can you summarize it in a theme phrase or a word? My entire my entire journey. It doesn't have to doesn't necessarily have to be the just journey itself. It can be what you have learned from it. I, I or got what it. You pull, perfect, I got it. Perfect. Yo, honestly, uh, my uncle Peter told me this, uh, and he, uh, you know, I love this. Is like he said, trust God. And leave the consequences to him. Trust God. Leave the consequences to him. You know, with uh, with like leaving Guelph and passing with the CFL uh, opportunity, that is a huge like. As I said, trust fall, and I love the left the consequences to him. And like, I know, I'm not exactly where I want to be yet, but you know, I'm on that way, and like, I'm on the journey to get there. Mm-hmm. And there's so many 
so many more lessons I know I gotta I gotta learn in that in that journey and like knowing you know like yo God God got me man if I just yep. keep trusting Him like He's just gonna you know keep opening doors keep closing doors yep. opening windows keep mm. like directing my life so exactly. you know exactly um yeah trust God leave the consequences to Him yeah that's that's huge man that's huge mm. and honestly Abe mentioned that because the Bible said that he, His plans for us are so much better than our own plans. Yep. Like our biggest dreams are laughable. Yep. Are laughable when, when it comes to his plans for us. So, yep. amen. Keep trusting God and leave the consequences to him. Yep. That's, that's amen, huge. Bro. Yep. Man, it really means the world for me that you join me on this podcast. <laughs> I, I definitely know that after hearing your story, so many people are, are going to go out and just be their best selves because yeah. they're able to be inspired and just continue to push on from there. Appreciate that, man. Yo, I... I appreciate being on this podcast. As I as I said, man, like I started listening in late, but I got hooked. I got hooked. I got hooked. Appreciate that, bro. And like, yeah, even to everyone like listening, like yo, if you ever have questions or want to reach out, like hit me up with a DM, and like I'd love to, you know, I'll I'll message back or answer you back, and yeah. Hey, there we go. Yo, lines are always open. You know, the same mm-hmm. same thing goes for me. I tell you all the time, shoot me a DM. I got you. We got mm-hmm. this. All right? Together we together we inspire. Together we change the world. Together we, come, we go be great. All right? Yep. Amen to that, Amen. bro. Amen. That's it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I hope you feel as inspired as I am. Go be great. And as always, peace and love.